1: Welcome to the Church of Roy, a Sports Drink original podcast. Morning today's show may include adult language. And here are your hosts, Brian Wilcox and Steve Dewald.
2: Welcome everybody to the newest episode of the Church of Roy podcast. I'm your host, Steve Dewald, as always, and also as always, I'm joined by my co-host, who, after a week off with some recording difficulties with my daughter, is back. Uh, Brian Wilcox, how are you doing?
3: Good. Now I want to say, almost as always. I did miss last week. <laughs> we gave it a shot before we yep. had to go to the hockey game, but uh, a yeah. little one on your end wasn't. She wasn't <laughs> she having it. She
2: uh, she is fully ready to be a full participant on the show. She just has to kind of beef up some of her game a little bit, but she definitely wants to be a part of the the Zoom and the and the and the recording process. Yeah, for she sure. loves it. So, um, anyway, since we've last spoke, uh, Blazers one and two record. Uh, they got are actually two and two uh, since the last time we talked. So a, a win against Memphis a win against LA consecutive wins. The only consecutive wins of this season, obviously only three and four. Um, and then two losses, kind of ugly losses to the Charlotte Hornets and the Philadelphia 76ers. So what has changed? What has not changed since the last time we talked. So since those opening first three games, clearly, For me, I'll go first, and I I think Mm -hmm. this is a pretty obvious one. Damian Lillard staying the same, very much in a shooting slump. Mm -hmm. Um, Did see him temporarily bust out of it against the Clippers, but for the most part, it's been pretty ugly, especially from distance. Brian, what have you seen in the last four games? And we'll dive into the nitty-gritty as we go on here, but what have you seen in this two-and-two run as, as they head into kind of a favorable stretch uh, at least with Cleveland, Indiana. I mean, yes, one road, one uh, one home, but winnable games for sure. Brian, what have you seen? You
3: know, the biggest thing for me is this is still a team that's trying to find an identity on both sides of the court. Um, I was thinking about there, especially offensively, how you kind of see, depending on the personnel in the game, even bench first starters, that it's completely different out there, just kind of energy and ball movement at times. And it reminded me, Steve, of when we were, roommates way back in the day oh no and we, <laughs> and we used to play nba 2k online all the time uh-huh. yeah. and we'd switch off at quarters and we just had completely drastic different playing styles yep i was launching threes you take andre miller in the post <laughs> there's probably some 12 year old kid being like what the hell is going on here and as a fan i get a little bit of that too it's like you know depending on what time of the game you check in you might think this is kind of a running gun up and down team and And sometimes they'll revert back to that, kind of slow it down mentality. So that's one thing that's just really stuck out to me is this is
1: a team still kind of finding their way with some of these changes. We have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks and every time your teams win, you're in cash use your sports knowledge on symbol to buy low sell high and earn cash payouts when your teams win join the 7,000 plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams visit www.simbull.com to create a free account and use the promo code sd and your deposit will be risk free that means that even if you lose money symbol will refund your initial deposit no questions asked join symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams Hey, I want to tell you guys all about the brand new app we've been using here on the Church of Roy called Spotify Green Room. Green Room is a live, audio only platform that is free to download and super easy to use. You can talk to sports fans, insiders, athletes, and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there bright and early every Saturday at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS or Android App Store. Get it done, peeps. Yeah, and on the 2K
2: strategy, I highly recommend using it if you have a roommate that's of equal ability to you, but neither of you are like breakout players where you can rack up wins. Because it really is super effective, especially when Mm -hmm. you jump into that head-to-head matchup and like the dreaded pause screen goes up and they're like making a zillion different changes to adapt to your playing style after like a minute. And then, you know, you swap off at quarters. Now, all of a sudden, everything is drastically different, but. I think that was the only way I consistently won on 2k. I've definitely taken a turn (laughs) the the 12 year old bar has come way up. And as I, as I age, I I've continually regressed at my head to head ability on 2k. Um, we we're past our prime there way past our prime. Um, As far as I I do want to hit on Lillard, I'd also want to be very clear. I want to preface this with everything. I am not worried about Damon Lillard coming out of this shooting slump. I, he will eventually, but he is definitely in it. We have not. I I mean, I think it's just noteworthy because it's at the start of the season. So it's really Mm -hmm. easy to capture a snapshot of it because it's the only thing that's being recorded right now. Um. I wasn't aware of this, but it sounds like Aaron Frenchris also highlighted this, but I was totaling it up before the show, kind of doing our little pre-show research in losses, Damian Lillard. So I'll just read the four losses, his, his three point attempts, two for nine, two for 14, 0 for eight and zero for nine. So four for 40, 10% you know, that is just not sustainable, especially with 40 attempts. Like mm-hmm. that just puts this team so far behind the balls, what they're trying to do and make up for some of the issues on defense, which we'll get to later. Brian, what are you seeing from Lillard? Is this just tired legs? Is this just kind of an, like you've mentioned, they're still trying to find their identity. Is this just an awkward fit or is it the rule change? Is he looking for contact that, you know, he's not getting the whistle and his playing styles change slightly? Yeah,
3: I think it's a combination of a bunch of things, Steve. I think if it was just one thing, Dame would have solved it by now. Um, I think it's the rule change a little bit. You see a lot of other scorers throughout the league who have kind of had that similar style of drawing fouls. We'll say at times that are that are you know having to get accustomed to it too. I do think kind of the different playing style I mentioned earlier, and just being maybe a little uncomfortable after playing in a very you know kind of static offense for eight years is, mm-hmm. is is a change. And then, you know, I think there's just a little bit of a gold-fashioned slump going on there. Anyone who's played sports, you know, just as you can get on a hot streak, you can go on a cold streak. And mm-hmm. I'm not concerned either. I'm uh, extremely confident he'll turn it around. It's just hopefully it's sooner rather than later because as these losses and, you know, mediocre kind of sub-500 play continues, kind of as we alluded to before the season started, the talk of Lillard leaving from, you know, mm-hmm. really outside the Portland market just amps up, and I'm so sick of that shit. And so yeah, I really hope they're able to – he's able to kind of turn it on
2: and turn around here so we can start getting some wins. So uh, there, there's more to it than just when, you know, Lillard's not scoring there, you know you know, the team obviously isn't scoring as much, but there are people who tend to pick up the slack when he's not hitting those shots. And one of those people that's kind of interesting is to look at Norman Powell. What Norman Powell and what CJ McCollum have to do on the perimeter when Dame isn't on his A game. And, and you can-
0: Welding instructor, Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders.
2: really see it reflected in Norman Powell's statistical output his field goal rate or yes field goal he attempts more field goals in those losses and typically in those losses Dame is not having a good night and I think when you just kind of hit this threshold with Norman Powell especially as a tertiary scorer is his percentages dip and he's just not built to do that um the other person though that on the positive side is CJ McCollum is still putting together a really nice season and i think mm-hmm. he is even when you're looking at these losses when the blazers need a bucket it's they're going to him a lot of the times and a lot of times he's manufacturing these looks without just sheer athleticism which is pretty impressive um he he's fallen off the 40 50 90 pace slightly so we talked about this a little bit but mm-hmm. 44% from the field still 42% from uh beyond the arc which that's excellent and, and then his free throw rate's always a little wonky he's only taking 2.3 free throws a game he's shooting 68 percent right now so that could swing in one game and get back above 90 so,
3: so another Ryan, thing worth mentioning another thing worth mentioning with dame is his free throw rates down as well
0: mm-hmm.
3: um and it is kind of strange his um finishing rate in the paint is also down which is a little you can maybe see his jumper bait, obviously you know, wants to go in there, draw contact, get to the line, maybe finish at the rim, see a couple go in. But he's also not getting calls down there, and he's also struggling to finish. So I think for him, it's just kind of a worse, you know, everything's just kind of compounding right now on him, but he will he will pull out of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting to note with Lillard, like you said, like, when you look back at his box scores through the years, you basically find about every 10 game stretch you have a couple of games where he's double digit free throw attempts i mean sometimes he has mm-hmm. you know these 15 to 20 free throw attempt games so far this year he has not attempted more than five free throws in one game like that's pretty i mean i mean not only is it reflected in his overall average but when you're just looking like game by game by game like this is a pretty consistent theme here that he is just not getting to the line um maybe
3: we're just overthinking this one yeah, maybe it's a yeah. spalling ball yeah, you know, new ball, and new hey. ball,
2: partying too hard when they go to LA. You know, we're here, we're here oh. for excuses, baby. <laughs> so, hey,
3: man, I don't know. The but, scoring's down, no <laughs> goal percentages down league wide.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, outside of CJ, you know, we mentioned some positive. Is there anybody individually? I I can think of a couple obvious answers that that have looked good, especially when when Lillard isn't playing up to expectation. Is there anybody that stood out to you? And and what do you see there? You know, what is their, what are they doing? Well, I guess in that vacuum. Sure. You know, CJ
3: really has been the best player on the team, I think so far, but as far as two guys are just continuing to surpass expectations, it's gotta be little and Simons Mm -hmm. little has been just a, jolt of energy for a team that has looked a little sluggish at times and a little flat, you know, really anytime he's in the game, it's not always good, but he's making shit happen. And I, and I, I just love watching him seeing him crash the boards and really leverage that athleticism that, you know, at his size has been really fun to watch
2: mm-hmm.
3: and, you know, just gives Portland a element that they really don't have at, at any other position really. And yeah. then, you know, looking at Simons, he's just been such a knockdown shooter, effortless scorer. He's added that little kind of feathery hook coming mm-hmm. into the paint, yeah. which he did it in the first game, and I was like, oh, shit. And then, and then he did it against the uh, – in that last game they had, against the Sixers and mm-hmm. two. And so just real bankable shot if he can make that all the time. But really, those guys have been bright spots, so it's kind of been sort of an awkward start to the year.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm happy you brought up Simmons, obviously or Simon's Jesus. (laughs) So, Yeah, I'm really happy you brought up. Now let me say his name wrong. Um, But anyway, no, uh, he is, you know, speaking of 40, 40, 50, 90 club, you know, he's also there right now. Small sample size, especially when it comes to free throws, but 50% from the field, 44% from three, 100% from the free throw line. He has taken that step. He is very confident in his offense. um, And little, you know, same thing he just, like he said, making stuff happen. Sometimes it's head scratching and, you know, maybe not the right play, but I applaud the energy and I applaud the effort. Um, unfortunately, you know, this is a team that is below 500 right now. It's only seven mm-hmm. games in as we're recording. So let's talk about some things that still aren't going well. A- and I've really outside of, you know, Lillard's shooting slump, this team is still really good offensively. So, you know, you want to pivot towards the defense. Um, when you look at the level of these teams shooting the three-point shot against the Blazers, it's pretty staggering, especially mm-hmm. when you look at the three-point percentage. Right now, opponents are shooting 47.3% from the corner against this Blazers defense. That's the fourth-worst rate in the NBA, 27th in the league. It's. I have a couple ideas of where this is stemming from, but Brian, mm-hmm. and, and just – to piggyback on that i mean obviously these go hand in hand so of all three points attempt three pointers attempted by an opponent the blazers are allowing their their team the teams are facing to shoot 38.2 percent from all three pointers which is the fifth worst in the league twenty sixth. so not great what are you seeing out there and what do you see as the root cause of just like because i think the excuse that we so often run into is like, oh, teams just got hot when they played the Blazers. But after a while, Mm -hmm. you know, after a couple of years, it's no longer just a coincidence that these teams are always hot when they're playing against the Blazers. So what have you seen?
3: Exactly. Sometimes those three-point percentage numbers can be a little fluky. But to your point, this is just another year where Portland's getting shredded from outside. And this is after a whole coaching staff change. So sometimes what I wonder is when you have – Three six three guys out there all the time, maybe that lack of length in the in the way the roster is constructed might have something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Contrary to what.
2: Yeah. Well, we heard.
3: Nice yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, it, it might just be a length thing. Um, I'm sure like like most problems that are plaguing the blazers right now, it's not just one thing you can point to as a root cause, it's several factors, but a lack of length mm-hmm. and then just being a step slow on that third and fourth rotation. Yep, um. Yep. It, rather than staying home in that conservative style they've employed over the years with the big man hedging, they're just having to rotate quicker and they're still, you know, I think they're looking a little better in that regard, mm, yeah. especially on that, second and third view to that fourth rotation usually it's a wide open corner it seems Which, like so in all honesty it's there's tough, a, it's tough, there, there's
2: know? not very many defenses that do the third and fourth rotation very well mm-hmm. and, and i do want to focus on that more than the size cuz I, I we've harped on size a bunch and yes it yeah. is apparent but this team is not getting beat by one on one matchups and there is a little give and take here but what i really want to focus on and we'll get to the positive side of it here in a second because there is there is a positive side too what i'm about to explain but yeah. You clearly banked on Yusuf Nurkic being more active on defense, playing up higher, which means Robert Covington, Norman Powell are rotating deeper into the paint when penetration comes, or it looks like penetration is going to come, or there's a cutter to the basket. You're seeing them really drop into that dunker spot and really trying to cut that stuff off where that leaves you exposed when you're sinking that far in is the corner three-point shot. And mm-hmm. we're seeing that reflected in the stats. It's plain to see when you're watching it, you, You know it's penetration it gets shut off and then there's just wide open shooters for all these teams i mean charlotte had a field day i mean they had a bunch of attempts where there was no one within five to ten feet of them we saw it a little bit in in the last game against the sixers but that charlotte game i mean they just really took advantage of the space that that lamello can generate off the
1: drive um so, yeah, it's, it's rough on that end. We have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your teams win, you're in cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com. To create a free account and use the promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means that even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. Hey, I want to tell you guys all about the brand new app we've been using here on the Church of Roy called Spotify Green Room. Green Room is a live audio only platform that is free to download and super easy to use. You can talk to sports fans, insiders, athletes, and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there bright and early every Saturday at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS or Android App Store. Get it done, peeps.
3: And that's something we've seen since game one when. Um, against the Kings when Fox was getting into the lane and Harrison Barnes had a career high just feasting, mm-hmm. you know, on three pointers, that one was more so off the top of the key, I think, but still, you know, same, same concept, right? So it's something that's been a thread throughout the first seven games.
2: Yeah. So I do want to talk about the good things that are happening. So obviously use of Nurkic is, is coming up. I think they're playing the pick and roll, you know, at least stopping penetration wise, that part of the pick and roll and that part of mm-hmm. defense They're playing that really well. They're not allowing points in the paint. They're 10th fewest points in the paint in the league. That's, you know, an improvement. No easy buckets. I mean, granted, you're allowing open Uh, shots on the three-point line. I I kind of wonder if it's
3: because they're giving up too many open threes, but still, it is
2: good. But let's zoom out a little bit more on the defensive side. Two of the things we brought up, you know, last time was, you know, fast break points and not really taking care of business, rebounding, especially defensive rebounding. Mm -hmm. So the Blazers have definitely – you know, really come around on this in a short amount of time after those first opening games. So they're allowing the fifth fewest second chance points in the league. That's only 11.3 points per game. I mean, that's excellent. You want to be in that top 10 range for sure, especially when you have a guy like Yusuf Nurkic. Um, You have Cody Zeller coming off the bench. You have Larry Nance. Um, You have a lot of guys who can really get these boards and secure possessions. and, And you know, like we talked about last week, this is a team that really cannot afford to give up multiple looks to a defense because it is flawed. Um, and really, uh, the fast break point of it—you know, when you're not having 30 turnover games, <laughs> that number is yeah. going to come down. Um,
3: well, those all those missed threes. I mean, you know, uh, there's been a couple things that have fed into that, right? Like those long threes that come off the rim; those guys just take it and go. Hard to get back, and mm-hmm. and then yeah, the turnovers have. Yep. Continually plague this team to start the season.
2: Yeah, and really, you know, there is a flip side to this, though. They've shut down, you know, second-chance looks. Well, maybe because the teams are just making a boatload of shots against them. which brings me to my <laughs> next point? Like, there is a yeah. yin and yang, especially to all these early, you know, early statistical metrics. Yeah. Um, right now, according to Cleaning the Glass, the Blazers are allowing the fifth – or no, wait uh, – the third most uh, points in half court sets that's Hmm. 98.4 points per 100 possessions so they're you know the the 27th or 28th worst team doing that um defending that and this is just comes down to what we talked about covering open shooters being there on your rotations and this comes back to something that we heard all off season from chauncey billups of how he's going to fix his defense was accountability and when you're just letting up open shots and letting your man get to open shots comes down to accountability. So do you see a fix here outside of a personnel change or what, how, what can the Blazers do here? X's and O's wise to try to cover some of these players or at least eliminate all these easy looks.
3: For sure. I I mean, I have some thoughts, but on that accountability train, Mm -hmm. I think we need to hold somebody accountable, Steve. Yep. And uh, Robert Covington. (laughs) <laughs> doesn't always get the credit he should probably when he's playing well he's kind of an Harold guy not flashy more of a glue type player but I feel like he's been pretty bad start the year mm-hmm. um definitely not to where based on his performance even last year and throughout his career where you think he'd be but you know that zero field goal zero point game mm-hmm. aside last night I thought he's just looked a little slow and um almost a little spaced out at times like he's not fully grasping this new scheme and out of any of the guys on this roster, I thought that he'd maybe thrive the most with this defensive scheme and a little more movement. And he's been a disappointment early, I would say. And so anyway, I thought I'd thought I'd just highlight that for a second because he doesn't really get talked about that much, but I think him just raising his game a little bit will help this team.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, there I'll think of all two players for me, come to mind on this team right now. And it's opposite ends of the spectrum. So Larry Nance Jr. Kind of, you can kind of just go long stretches without really noticing him. Yeah. And then it's the same with Robert Covington. I would say Robert Covington is on the negative end of this spectrum right now. Like you said, for all those reasons you outlined, I mean, not only is he not doing, making an impact on defense, but he's not really making an impact at all on offense. Now, granted, you don't want Robert Covington running your offense or being a major part of your offense. But, you know, 4.6 field goal attempts per game, 4.6 points, you know, only shooting 34% from the field, 34% from three. That's not going to cut it, especially for what they want him to do. Now, like I said, you don't want him running this offense. Larry, Larry Nance Jr. only slightly better, 10 fewer minutes. And I think, you know, Larry, like Larry Nance Jr., you know, voted by the GMs of, you know, the most underrated move, you know, this big move, you know, the biggest move, the Blazers made outside of signing Norman Powell. Um, I'd say when you look at his per per 36 numbers, he is a player who's going to be trending into more minutes where a guy like Robert Covington might not be. Because when you look at Larry Nance, what he's doing and the amount of time and the impact he's making when he's on the floor, he's per 36 averaging a double-double. So Mm -hmm. I would expect him to to continue to move up that pecking order a little bit. Um, The other guy we saw for the first time, was, uh, was Tony Snell, and, and Tony Snell did not disappoint. He doesn't miss shots. He doesn't take a lot of shots, but he doesn't miss mm-hmm. shots. So he's shooting 100% from the field, <laughs> you know, one game in. <laughs> uh, granted, it's only two attempts, but what have you kind of seen, and now that we have seven games under our belt, of some of these new guys? I, I brought up yeah. Snell. I brought up Nance Jr. Uh, what have you seen from this new crop of players outside of the, the young guys?
3: Yeah, Snell, no, I mean, we haven't seen much. Kind of as advertised, though, he mm-hmm. got lost a couple times defensively, but came in and stroked a couple threes, which having a guy like that on the end of the bench is is very valuable. And so even in, if he's seen a lot of run this year, it probably isn't a good sign that you know, yeah. health-wise, but it's nice knowing that someone's in foul trouble or something, you can throw him out there, and he's an NBA player. Mm-hmm. And so with Nance, I think he's just still kind of getting settled in a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I think the even the best of Larry dance is still to come. Mm -hmm. Um, I've really, you know, his, his offensive game is maybe a little less developed than I remember. Maybe everyone just looks good against Portland offensively for the last few years, but there, you know, I thought maybe he had a little more ball handling chops than maybe Mm -hmm. he does a little more, you know, he's, he's a good passer, but he's not, a. I think he's the guy that, you know, makes the last pass, not necessarily the table, so you know what I mean, like yeah, yeah. Well, makes smart passes.
2: But I actually have like a weird basketball theory on the Larry Nance, Robert Covington spot. And I think being the fourth option on offense is the hardest option to be because I think mm. if you're first and second, you kind of know, like, I'm gonna, I'm way up the pecking list to get a shot off. Third, you know where your spots are gonna come, it's real natural to be the third option, that that tertiary option you know your corner shots one dribble make a decision or you're a low post guy traditionally those are your third options when you're the fourth option i it's hard to navigate you know am i taking away from the third option shot or is this a time where the number 2 needs to be shooting where does my mm-hmm. offense come from and when you're the fifth option it's you know you're just happy to take a shot so i think like <laughs> the fourth option you know i think it is the weirdest <laughs> one to navigate um with some of
3: these new guys too we mentioned that i mentioned off the Top that this kind of still feels like a team looking for an identity. Mm -hmm. And when you're, you know, the sixth through eighth guy, that probably just makes it that much more difficult to kind of find your way and and find your find your true role with the team. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I think Nance has been good. Um, I I still think he'll get more comfortable to be better. And I think Zeller's been good. Um, he didn't score in that last game, I don't think, but you know, he just seems like a guy who's in the right spot and makes good plays, and, you know, I'm really not, he also sets really good screens, which Mm -hmm. was something that was advertised, I think we pulled some numbers from when him and Kemba Kemba. were running, yeah, and they were running that pick and roll in in, uh, Charlotte, and he's been a really good screen setter, I think just having him there, even if he's not a huge impact guy necessarily, but if Nurk does get nicked up or something, and Zeller has to start a couple games. You feel a lot better with him in there, and you're not going to have to completely change what you're doing. I think so. Yeah. Overall, I think that the new guys have acquainted themselves fairly well, especially given kind of the fluid situation of this team right now, and, yeah. and 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 kind of where they're going offensively, defensively. I
2: I want to clear one thing up before we kind of look at stuff that's going on beyond the the stuff on the court. Is Damian Lillard? dialing himself in and getting back on track solves almost all these problems, especially offensively. I mean, defensively, they're still going to be work in progress, but obviously the scoring is going to be way different, but the identity part falls into place because that is the identity of this team. When Damian Lillard is playing well is, you know, Damian Lillard is the first option and everything you do is unless you're CJ McCollum is to, you know, help Dame cook work off of Dame you know, support what he's doing on both ends of the floor, you know, whether that's, you know, adding giving him a little more help on defense because he's exerting himself on offense or just making sure you're creating space for him or getting to good spots where you're being his safety valve on offense. Once Dame turns that corner, I think it becomes easier for all these guys. Like you said, you know, yeah. I think, it, it. I think you understand where your role is a lot easier when Dame's out there and he's hitting those shots and he's putting up 30, 35 points per game. Um, I think it's worth mentioning because I, you know, I know I probably encountered it with, with basketball before, um, but I just don't really remember, but Philly last or whenever they played, it's all a blur on my off days, but um, when they, uh, they play Philadelphia, the Philadelphia fans are obviously very aware of the trade situation and, and, you know, what Daryl Morey wants to do with that Ben Simmons asset, which their pipe dream is to put together a package for Damon Lillard. Um, during introductions of that game, all four four of the five Blazers starters are booed. The one that is not is Damian Lillard. He is met with applause. Um, there's a chant that breaks out, you know, we want Lillard at these Sixers games. Um, what do you make of it? And do you remember ever? I I just can't. I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure it's happened with like LeBron before the decision. I think like the yeah. Knicks and everything, but it's been a while. So what what do you make of this, this whole thing with? with the Sixers and the Lillard love.
3: It's wacky, man. Especially when, I mean, the whole Simmons situation is just such a circus, but Mm -hmm. it's not like Lillard's coming in a free agent situation where I think that was more probably what would happen with LeBron or Mm -hmm. a lot of these other guys. They're literally saying, we want this guy. We want to trade you our second best player who's currently like at home, not even on the court. Like they just burned that bridge so completely. Yeah. It's just, it's really bizarre, and and just yeah. the whole situation is really unprecedented. But you know, for the Sixers, who could blame them? You
2: know,
3: yeah. yeah. I, if I lived in Philly, I'd want Lillard too, probably. So yeah,
2: yeah. But I I
3: don't think it really moves the needle at all for
2: yeah uh, i mean and really lillard has responded to not only shooting slump correctly as you would expect a leader to do but also you know some of that trade stuff i think he said his quote was you know i have 10 toes in the water in portland you know as mm -hmm. in i'm fully committed there i'm not looking elsewhere and then just really owning up to you know i like it when people doubt me this is you know i'm going to turn this around and you know the the stuff you want to hear, not not just completely blowing it off or blowing it off the gravity of the situation. So, before we get out of here, you know, let's uh, now that we, you know we're both on the show, let's look at these next four games that are going to unfold before we record another episode. We'll probably be recording when the Clippers play next Tuesday, but we have Cleveland away, then two home games uh, against the Pacers. We see the Lakers for the first time in the in the Moda Center with Russell Westbrook. And then we get the third matchup against the Clippers in LA. Wow. Um, what do you expect from these next four games, uh, as far as win loss goes? And, or is there a game you expect Lillard to to show up and really bust out of this slump?
3: Hmm. I, I literally think that could happen at any time. You know, oh, it yeah. might be it might be two minutes left in the second quarter against Cleveland. It could be he yeah. comes out firing. It's really hard to say. With him, it's just a matter of time. And I think as a fan base, we could use a little Lillard heat. And so I could see him having a good game against Cleveland just to come out. You know, they have Garland and Sexton, who neither of those guys are world beaters defensively. I do worry a little bit about, you know, Mobley and um, Jared Allen. They look really mobile, long. Um, he'll have to get hot from outside, bro, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. In, in
3: that game. But I'm going to say – I'm gonna say Lillard breaks out against the Cavs. By breakout, I'm saying 30 plus points and yeah. you know, like 50 plus percent shooting. We'll say just yeah. Yep. Not a 55 point game or anything like that, but he'll get back on track. I think that's a win.
2: Um, let me see here. Pacers, what do you got? We're Pacers. coming home against the Pacers. Beat the Pacers. Okay. And then you got the the Lakers back to back nights. Yeah, so, that Lakers
3: lakers game i think
2: they drop okay and then you go to la you get a couple of days off which well, who knows a couple yeah. days off in la might not yeah, be that's, i was gonna
3: say it didn't work out too well for the boys last time they got a little extended mm-hmm. stay in la but i think they went that one too i think yeah. we're gonna go three and one here and cool. i think i think on the next pod we'll be feel a little i mean i'm still preaching patience still oh, yeah. so early in the year with the new coaching staff I mean, I think you share my sentiment where I'm not mm-hmm. concerned about this team yet. Would have, have been nice if they were two or three games above 500 right now, of course. But they're, they're doing some good things. And when your mm-hmm. strong player has been struggling, you know, you can anticipate the team struggles. So, yeah, I think they go three and one, kind of get back on track a little bit. And we'll be feeling yeah. good about ourselves this time I- next
2: week. I think they get a win in Cleveland just because I, I don't see them going. 0 and three on this road trip. I do think this game is going to be tougher than people think mainly because you have the Mobley factor, but also you have a couple guards for the calves that are streaky and Lord knows they're probably going to get space to get hot against the blazers. Mm-hmm. So there's, I think it's going to be a game of runs. I mean, that's every NBA game, but I think it's going to be surprising how kind of competitive this calves team can be. Um, I think the Pacers game is, is a tough one here. I think it's a little bit of a trap game because I think you're naturally going to be looking forward to that Lakers game. Mm. Um, I, I think that that's maybe you pick up a loss there. I, I think the Lakers, I, I don't know. That, that's going to be tough. I don't know if they're, I, I think Dame plays them really well in the regular season. So I'm going to go a win there and then I'm going to go a loss a, against the Clippers because I just think it's, this is going to be a constant back and forth between Tyloo and Billups um as far as so two and two for me um Mm -hmm. as far as overall feel and patience you know we are very much in lockstep on this like this is something we preached about going into this season is this is a first-time head coach there's a lot to learn there there's some new faces here and there's a new scheme here and you have you know your two best players are playing for their second nba head coach ever and so, you know, there there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be changes. There's going to be changes that these guys never accounted for. And especially, you know, a guy like CJ, where at least Dame has had a taste of some Team USA camps at a much smaller level, all-star games. You just, I mean, there's not a lot of heavy coaching going on in those, but there is still yeah, another yeah. voice. Um, you know, CJ has really excelled this season. And when you talk about a guy who's, you know, played for basically one, you know, played for one coach's entire career. So um, I think better days are ahead still for this team, but it, it's still going to be, there's going to be a learning curve here, which is what we said. Yeah. Agreed. So, Agreed. so that's all we got for you this week, Brian, you got anything before we get out of here?
3: Nope, not really, man. Just keep the faith. It's been kind of a wacky yeah. start yeah. and uh you know, I, I think that the mood is going to improve around Rip City once mm. once Dame gets back to normal. It's going to yep. be a lot of fun, and it really re- rewarding to see him kind of get back on track and, and go back to his, mm. you know, standard ass-kicking ways. And so it's going to happen soon. Hang on there.
2: Yeah. Um, also, I just want to say I, I went to my first NHL game in Seattle, um, caught the Kraken against the Rangers. I will say this about that stadium – I don't think any of us are going to be waiting very long for the Sonics to be back up there. That stadium is state of the art. It's hard to believe that used to be key arena. So Hmm. I think the I five rivalry is going to be back and with us, you know, in the next few years, I really do believe that. Um, Also pace yourself on game days. If you're hitting multiple sporting events in Seattle (laughs) on Sunday, the Seahawks game got out at a perfect time to allow people to then shuffle back to downtown Seattle and go to the cracking game there was a lot oh, of, of very tired folks in that crowd so, so it was it was very interesting to watch to witness um but yeah I, I think we're gonna see the sonics back here real soon so that's all we got double headers are dangerous
3: dangerous double- dangerous
2: you gotta be you gotta be ready you gotta be doing your uh your liver liver workouts for those so <laughs> all right Take some milk vessel, drink a bunch of water. That's how you get your liver ready, baby. So, all right, everybody. We'll catch you
1: guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Church of Roy podcast. If you like what you've heard, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Church of Roy pod. And be sure to check out our live show on Spotify Greenroom every Saturday bright and early at 8 a.m. Pacific.